In Oliver Twist, Dickens ironically sets up the parish workhouse, ideally a symbol of charitable support and sympathy, as a prison that deprives its young inmates of sustenance, education, and self-respect. And he presents the criminal world into which Oliver falls as providing that support, a meal of sustaining sausages, comradeship, and the learning of a trade, albeit the picking of pockets. Over this branch of the criminal underworld, the seemingly benevolent father figure Fagin presides. Fagin is sometimes presented with sly humour by Dickens, and frequently referred to as the old gentleman, a term traditionally applied to the devil himself. He is a complex character of confident evil, mixed with a neurosis about his stolen gains and a nervous expectation of being caught. He is a creation of genius, based on a real and infamous Jewish fence called Ike Solomons, who was caught and transported in 1830. Dickens was criticised for being anti-Semitic in dwelling on Fagin's Jewish characteristics, and he toned these down substantially in later revisions of the text. Along with his more brutal creation, Bill Sykes, Dickens shows in Fagin the wretchedness and depravity of a life of crime. This is clearly expressed in the image, created by George Cruikshank, the original illustrator, of Fagin as a shrunken figure with a face like a frightened, cornered rat. At the climax of the novel, Sykes launches a savage attack on his wife, a powerful piece of writing that would haunt Dickens to the end of his days. He included it in his reading tours of the 1860s, performing it with such vigour and emotion that it seriously affected his health and most probably contributed to his early death. Though good triumphs in Oliver Twist in the form of the true benevolence of Mr. Brownlow and the virtue of Rose Maley, the vivid scenes of Fagin's underworld are the ones we remember. Oliver asks for more. The room in which the boys were fed was a large stone hall with a copper at one end, out of which the master, dressed in an apron for the purpose, and assisted by one or two women, ladled the gruel at mealtimes. Of this festive composition, each boy had one porringer and no more, except on occasions of great public rejoicing, when he had two ounces and a quarter of bread besides. The bowls never wanted washing. The boys polished them with their spoons till they shone again, and when they had performed this operation, which never took very long, the spoons being nearly as large as the bowls, they would sit staring at the copper with such eager eyes as if they could have devoured the very bricks of which it was composed, employing themselves, meanwhile, in sucking their fingers most assiduously, with the view of catching up any stray splashes of gruel that might have been cast thereon. Boys have generally excellent appetites— Oliver Twist and his companions suffered the tortures of slow starvation for three months. At last they got so voracious and wild with hunger that one boy, who was tall for his age and hadn't been used to that sort of thing, for his father had kept a small cook-shop, hinted darkly to his companions that unless he had another basin of gruel per diem, he was afraid he might some night happen to eat the boy who slept next him, who happened to be a weakly youth of tender age. He had a wild, hungry eye, and they implicitly believed him. A council was held, 
Lots were cast who should walk up to the master after supper that evening and ask for more. And it fell to Oliver Twist. The evening arrived. The boys took their places. The master, in his cook's uniform, stationed himself at the copper. His pauper assistants ranged themselves behind him. The gruel was served out, and a long grace was said over the short commons. The gruel disappeared. The boys whispered each other and winked at Oliver, while his next neighbours nudged him. Child as he was, he was desperate with hunger and reckless with misery. He rose from the table, and advancing to the master, basin and spoon in hand, said, somewhat alarmed at his own temerity, "'Please, sir, I want some more.' The master was a fat, healthy man, but he turned very pale. He gazed in stupefied astonishment on the small rebel for some seconds.